Hello, hello, and hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Today we are so excited to introduce Heather Emerson, our next guest, to join us today. She is an accidental entrepreneur, creating businesses with impact and intention. Heather is a founder of Prep to Your Door, a zero waste food business serving Austin and Texas and beyond, which offers organic, farm-to-table, plant-based meal. And her mission is to changing the food by strengthening the local food system so that everybody wins, community, our health, and the planet. She was named Forbes Next 1000 and Austin 40 Under 40, with all the amazing accomplishments that she had made. With everybody, I am beyond excited. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining us. Welcome to the show. I didn't do my homework in terms of like a lot of times when I'm asked to be on podcasts, they'll say like, "What? What do you want to talk about? What、Don't, is your story?" I never asked you that. You didn't. Okay. Nope. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll go back and think like, "Okay, what did I write? Like, what is the point of this?" And I was rushing here, and I didn't do that. So, well, first of all. I interview men and women and women and men. No, any other man's ever say that to me. <laughs> women are so damn hard for themselves. Okay, like this is the first thing you said, girl. You done a lot of things. You have a thousand business to run. Like, oh my god, get over yourself. That is so funny. Hey, yes, that is so funny. Like, I know a lot of people that use that metric. Yeah. Of like, you know, there's this is the time of women, right? Like, it's it's a great time to be a woman in、yeah. the sense of like. There seems to be some sort of reckoning,、mm-hmm. highlighting women and their, their accomplishments, etc.、Mm-hmm. And、um, the metric is like, or the joke is like,、um, an average white dude. Like, compare yourself to the average. You know, like,、yeah. like you're do you're okay. You're being hard on yourself. Like, what? Because because what did what would the average white dude think? They just kick their. I'm I'm saying the joke is they would kick their feet up and be like, "Yeah, I'm great, I'm wonderful." Like every, they just believe this, right?、Yeah. And there's some there's actually something really magical、mm-hmm. about believing that about yourself. That that is the magic, right?、Mm-hmm. So like we're making this joke about the average basic white man, yeah, and all how they just they just go to the top. But like if we all had that confidence, I think. We would all be on the same playing field, and of course, yeah, society's making the changes and efforts to highlight other populations, women, people of color, etc. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. It's all start from within, from now. Let's be the change we want to see in the world. Yes, start、absolutely. having awareness, so then our daughter, our daughter's daughter, get to have a different, different perspective that they get to grow with. Yes. So with that, why don't we jump in, Heather? Tell us, since we talk about the magic, how does all the magic begin for you? Oh wow, how does all the magic begin for me? Um. Well, today in particular, I can say that I am so humbled. I'm so humbled right now. I am doing this. I'm doing. Have you heard of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition? Is it an institute? Yes, it's an online. It's an online 
uh, college yes. that, that certifies. It's kind of like the gold standard for certifying health coaches. Wow. Is that the Duke University? No, it's called the Integrative. It's oh. called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. And it's got like all the fame, all the people we know with coaching and nutrition and food and science. Like it's like Dr. Mark Hyman. Um uh, gosh, what is her name? Gabby Bernstein. Um, She's you know, wonderful. Like, yeah. All of those people are like contributors to the lessons and modules that they're mm -hmm. taking you through. I'm actually going through it right now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what brought you to that journey? Oh my God. I had an epiphany um, this summer. I had the epiphany that I have, I have been terrified of using prep to your door my business as a means to make any type of health claims like i was like completely averse to mm -hmm. like making health claims especially especially going through the pandemic mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. everybody having their own opinion on the virus and vaccines and mm -hmm. healthcare and just everybody was like really really like mm -hmm. polarized it seems mm -hmm. The last thing I wanted to do was make any health claims that weren't like peer reviewed and studied and yeah. all of that because it just gets hairy mm -hmm. with people, right? But the truth is that that my personal story is that food healed me. It really did. Like that's not and I wasn't even trying to mm -hmm. heal myself. I didn't even know that I needed healing. Like I went plant based and like what I got happened? off. Yeah. I um so this was two thousand four. 2004, 2005, those were like pivotal years for me. Mm -hmm. I was just relief, le released from prison. I was in prison for one year. Um, wow. Which, yeah. What happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? Okay, so what happened before that? Yes. So what happened before that is um, I was I dropped out of high school at 16, was kind of like lost in a lot of ways. I moved out of my house. I was, you know, left left a bad situation, right? And um, started taking, got my GED, started taking some college courses and enrolled in the Air Force. So at 17, I joined the Air Force and um, got in trouble. I basically got busted with ecstasy, was the MDMA. So I went to prison for a year for that. Yeah. And um, I, there's, a, there's a lot there to unpack, but I'll say that um, going to prison made me worse than when I was when I went in. Like, it's supposed to be like this rehabilitation, you know, awakening, start your life over, do something right. Like, right. That's what we like to believe about people going to prison. We like to believe that when you mess up, you have this earth shattering event where you, everything gets cut off. You go away for a while and you come back and you're ready to make a change in your life. And I can say that that, that absolutely happened for me because it scared me shitless. Like it, it, but, but what I can say is that I exited prison worse off than when I entered because the support and healthcare and mental health care is just, is just not there. I was pretty much medicated my entire stay um, while I was there for 12 months because I was so depressed. I was so like, you don't feel like you have any power over growth and just anything to look forward to every day like it's it's really really like how are we and you can't make any decisions on your own everybody's making decisions for you so how do we expect people to exit that that 
that time period and be able to like make good decisions all of a sudden. It just doesn't happen. Like you have to learn that. Like you didn't get there because you made good decisions, right? You need help in learning in learning how to make good decisions. And that's not what they provide. So when I exited, I had family. Like, yeah, my family wasn't that great at the time, but it was a lot more than what most people have when they exit. Like, I had a place to live that was safe. I had a car. Like, those two things, like housing and transportation, are the biggest things that people don't have when they exit. I mean, they literally, you get a trash bag of your stuff, and they're like, good luck. Don't come back. Like, that's not helpful at all. And so I had housing and transportation, and so, like, I could go out and get a job. I could come home and not worry, like, you know, am I going to be surrounded by drugs or violence or, you know, all of the things that probably got people there in the first place. So I will say I was in a better position. And because of that family support, I think that that's one of the reasons that I didn't go back. It's absolutely not because the system was set up to really rehabilitate and not send people back. All of that being said, I was on like a gallon size baggie of medication because of that time period. I was on antidepressants and anti-anxieties and uh, sleep medications and antiviral, like my immune system was completely shot. Mm -hmm. So I was on all this medication. I was working at, I was uh, being a waitress at a bar here in Austin. I came here to Austin, by the way. I was in, my prison was, uh, I spent 12 months in prison. Most of that time was in California, came back to Austin to start over. And so I got a job at this like pub um, and I was a waitress and I was a really bad waitress. Like I was just like, I don't care about your barbecue. Like that's really what I thought when I was like serving these people. Like I just did not like it at all and I didn't make good money. And anyways, um, because I grew up about an hour north of here, um, I had heard of Whole Foods. Now, this is like okay, so what is it? 2022. So 2005 was like right when prep, uh, prep to your door, right when Whole Foods was like expanding. So before then though, it was, it was kind of just like an Austin grocery store. Mm -hmm. It was not what we know it to be now. And so I remember going there growing up with my mom. Every time we go to Austin, we stop at Whole Foods because she would stop in the floral section and get like this really exotic, beautiful flowers that nowhere else, nowhere else had. And I remember walking in there every time and I was like, this smells like dirty hippies. Like I thought that every time. Like it was like the um, bulk section, you know, how it all smells like grains and like nutritional yeast and like yes. weird smells that I was not used to. I grew up on like boxed dinners and the Schwann's van. And I don't know if anybody out there knows what the Schwann's van is. It's this frozen food truck that like drives through neighborhoods. And like as a kid, you have this long order form that you like chase after the guy kind of like an ice cream truck and give him your order for the next month he's going to deliver your frozen burritos or whatever it is you want it's like frozen food for like small food desert like some food deserts are like we grew up on the schwanz man i feel like so anyways that's how i grew up um so like food was not like something that i was interested in or knew about or like any of that 
But I knew I was bad at being a waitress, and I heard that Whole Foods was opening this huge store on 6th and Lamar, which is now their flagship store, their headquarters, et cetera, et cetera. So because they had this big hiring fair, I got hired, which is kind of unbelievable because it's really hard to get a job at Whole Foods. Like, I don't know about now in the Amazon days, but like there was a joke prior to Amazon acquisition, there was a joke that like the person at Whole Foods bagging your groceries probably had their master's degree because it it really attracted like these like purpose-driven, curious, inquisitive humans that like believed in the power of like changing our world, right? Wow. So I got a job there. No experience. Thank you. Worked at the smoothie bar, which was connected to the raw vegan bar. So the raw vegan bar, nothing's cooked. You can dehydrate. You can blend. You can chop, etc. Nothing is cooked. Nothing is heated over 118 degrees. And there was a raw vegan who worked there. His name was Spencer. His name is Spencer. And Spencer and I, like, he just blew my mind. His eyeballs looked like he was gonna, they were going to pop out of his head <laughs> because the guy had so much energy. He, like, had this jug this big, and I would watch him, like, down, like, gallons of spirulina. Like, he was crazy, and he had so much energy. And I was like, what are you doing? I need, I need what you have. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm raw vegan. You know, he told me about it, and I'm like, no, you're crazy. That's crazy. Like, and as I eat my hamburger and he was like, he just told me one day, he's like, Heather, just go vegetarian, just go vegetarian. And it, I did. And when I can tell you that like everything started to change for me, like I start, it was like, I could, I woke up and I wasn't in pain or sad. I just, I, I lost 30 pounds, like all my medication. One day I woke up and I was like, I don't want this anymore. And I just got off of it. Mm. So when I say that like food healed me, it did. And all I did was go plant-based. Mm. So from there, wow. it was like totally a journey. Um, How does that? Yeah. Just like telling everybody about it, like starting to really pay attention. Like, okay, when I eat this food, how do I feel? Very like intuitive eating because I, I realized like, oh my God, when you eat something, you can feel something. And that doesn't have to be tired. Like I need a nap. Like you're used to eating like a burger and going to sleep. You can, you can like energize yourself. Like you just had a cup cup of coffee. So I started to really pay attention to foods. I love that. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, whole foods changed my life. Um, they treated me with like the first few days of onboarding. Like I didn't even work. I was literally like just learning about the store, learning about the mission, learning about all my benefits. And this was like a stark contrast to military and military prison where it's like shut up and get to work. And so I totally drank the Kool-Aid. I'm totally a Whole Foods like fanatic. Um, I know it's changed a lot. I know the values maybe aren't the same, but I still stand by like Whole Foods changed food in a lot of ways. Like organic became like non-GMO and or- they they lobbied for not for GMO labels like Whole Foods mm-hmm. is the led the charge on that that anything genetically modified needed to be labeled so I really really support them I'm really really appreciative and I would say that like there that is the reason that Prep Door exists today so tell us how does that journey from you work in a smoothie bar you're doing a thing you're drinking a Kool-Aid how do you one day decided you know what I'm gonna start a business 
oh, let me tell you. That was like, people ask me that. I'm like, oh, I'll tell you, stupidity. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So um, uh, blissful, ignorance, right? Like I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But I learned all of that about food and I had no idea that you could make money in food. I had no idea. Like I just thought it was like, I just didn't know. Like I thought the way that you make money and the way that you're successful and the way that you're respected is like you go to college. And I didn't really want to go to college, but like I was tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I wanted people to be impressed with me. Like that was something that I had never experienced. I'd always kind of been a fuck up because of like dropping out of high school, you know, getting kicked out of the military, being in prison. Like I just had really, really low self-esteem and self-worth. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this hard thing. I'm going to, I'm going to go to college. So I did. I went to UT. Hook'em. I love, love the college still to this day. It was a beautiful experience and um, moved to New York um, and ended up having a really, really successful career in fashion. And that was another really like eye-opening experience. Like I had no idea that people spent like $20,000 a month on on clothes like oh, I'm from this small town in Texas and I was like oh my god like people have so much money like I didn't even know that people had money like that like I, I realized I was very sheltered in a lot of ways in the way that I grew up so I was grinding it out in New York and I was making really really great money and I was really proud of the life that I had built especially because of you know only I knew where I had been I never told anybody really really um what I now know is I was so ashamed and I get so emotional talking about that because I think that's a word that comes up today in a lot of what we do like we're so scared to talk about like you know whatever we did wrong we lied we cheated we failed like I don't know why we're not celebrating those moments and giving people hope that um this is a learning experience. Like this is part of life. There's no such thing as going through life without that. And like hiding in shame, especially like I felt like such like dishonor on my family. I felt like I, like how could they ever be proud to call me their family member with what I had done and where I had been. So with all of that shame, just like buried inside of me, I was so proud of what I had accomplished in New York. Yeah. And I was empty. I was totally empty because I had built this life that I thought everybody will be proud of and think I'm great, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. It didn't actually bring me joy and purpose. I had never learned to chase joy and purpose. Mm. I'd always been taught the Baptist guilt, I was raised in a Baptist church, of like joy is shameful. You know, like no dancing, no drinking. Like it's about like being humble, being modest, head down, work hard. Like no one ever taught me to chase joy. And so. And what happened? Well, I just think I got to a place where. I couldn't move on anymore. Like I, I, like people ask, well, what did you do? You know, that's so brave. You just went out into this. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. I didn't have this like epiphany, like, oh my God, my whole life's going to change if I do this. It was like, I can't do this anymore. 
That is a wall. I cannot take another step forward. There is a wall there. I have to quit my job. I have to leave New York. I have no fucking idea what I'm going to do. But I booked a trip to Thailand. Wow. <laughs> that is what I did. Did not see that coming. No. Wait, I, why? Nobody. Not even me. So I had hired this life coach about about four months before because I knew I was like reaching this point of like, I can't continue. I can't continue. I like was so desperate. I'm like, I'm going to hire a life coach. Like I've got to, there's someone's got to tell me what to do. So I hired her and she had me make this list of like, we were doing all these exercises, mm -hmm. right? Like working through the areas in my life that are, um, the areas in my life that are lackluster to me, like where the, you know, Rate, rate the area of your relationships and work and family life, one to ten. Word of life. Yes, yeah. yes, the, yes, the will of life, yes. And so I did all of that, and then she had, this, to me, she had me do this exercise. Like, okay, everywhere that it's not a ten, tell, write down what, it would, what you could do to make it a ten. So I made a list. And I looked at that list, and I was like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do anything on this list. No way. There's no way I can't. I can't afford it. I can't. I just immediately went into like, no, no, no. Well, eventually I hit another wall four months later after hiring her and I called her and and she was like, you know, she was there to listen and there to support. And I was terrified. And she was like, well, what about I was like, what are you going to do? I don't know. And she's like, well, what about that list? And so one of the things on my list was to go home because my family life it was really not good because I had left, you know, with so much shame. I never could ha be authentically myself because I thought my authentic self wasn't good enough or worth anything. And so one of the things on my list was like, just go home for a week to Texas and it not have any meaning. Like it wasn't a holiday. It wasn't a birthday. It was, it was like, just go and be and exist and be present. And so I did that and that, and then from there I booked the trip to Thailand. Um, but that was healing that, that trip home to Texas was really healing because I, um, asked my mom if I could come home and she said no, which broke my heart. And I never thought I would call my dad to ask my dad for anything, but I, I was talking to my dad and he, and he didn't even let me ask. He said, come home. And it was the first time I had heard him say, come home. Like, he didn't even tell me to come home when I left at 16 because I was a shithead, right? I was just totally lost and making bad decisions. And, like, it was the first time where he was like, come home. And so I did. And But it didn't matter. Like, I don't even remember what happened that week. I just remember, like, my dad told me to come home. Oh. Right? Like, that's something that I just thought I would never hear. So came home, went to Thailand, um, and I discovered entrepreneurship. Like there's all these entrepreneurs living in Thailand, like living very nomadic, free lives. And I was listening to Eat, Pray, Love, and I was just crying. <laughs> and just like, it was just like this trip of processing. I came home for my sister's wedding because her, her wedding was, I was the, like, I wanted to stay. I was like, I can stay. You know, I'm like, we're doing stuff online to make money. I'm like traveling. I'm like just being free with no expectations and trying to really turn inward and find out like, what is it that my, like I had lost my compass. Mm. Like I forgot what it, like 
I d- and and really our compass that we have inside is is chasing joy and fulfillment and purpose. But whenever you're living your life to please others and check off a list, mm-hmm. your compass doesn't work. Mm. I love that so much. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to fix my compass. My compass is broke. And so that's what I was doing. I wanted to stay. Had could not. I was my sister was getting married, so I came back home and did her wedding and then I went back out and I backpacked for 7 months around the world. And um still would have stayed for a really long time. Um but I got really sick. I got dengue fever. Most people don't know what that is, but if it's a mosquito-borne illness, feels like your whole body is breaking. Um, so yeah, so I came home and got better and out, you know, all of the things and, um, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I started grad school cause I think that's what a lot of people do. <laughs> um, started grad school and on my first day in my first class, I met my now partner in business and husband. Oh, so it was just, I kind of feel like by fixing my compass, mm-hmm. It led me to him. And meeting him was part of the story of Prep to Your Door because he was a fierce entrepreneur. The man has never had a job. He's literally done businesses <laughs> since he was like 14. So um, that's how we started Prep to Your Door. He, well, as grad school or afterwards? Well, we were just, ta- I was just taking a summer course. I was just like dipping my toe in, like, do I want to do this or not? He was just taking a summer course, trying to like finish his um, elusive undergrad. He he's just really smart, so he was taking graduate level courses, but for his undergrad. So that's how we met. Um, he did not finish his undergrad, and I did finish my my graduate degree, but it just took me a long time. I took a lot of breaks. Um, so after we met, he was um, he moved like he had only he was only visiting for the summer for this course. Mm-hmm. And he actually, so he met me and moved to Austin to be with me. And a few months in, we're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, well, you know, I was making these meals for us. Um, And he was like, I think people would pay for this. And so we thought this was going to be like a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So funny now. Like, there's no such thing as a side hustle in food. Like, you can think it's going to be a side hustle, but it, you know, to make it like really complete and beautiful and whole, you know, the things that you want for your business, it's, it really is a full-time gig. So, um, yeah, that's, we started cooking out of our apartment. We found out you cannot cook out of your apartment and sell. (laughs) So we're like, okay, this can't be that much of a side hustle. We actually need to make X amount in revenue to pay for a commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, we're going to do that. We got a shared commercial kitchen and then we're like, oh crap, this is a lot more food than we're used to making out of our apartment. We need help. So now we need to make this much money to pay the workers to, you know, and it was just like every single month our revenue goals had to increase Mm -hmm. until, you know, we, I think in 2019 or 2020, we hit seven figures so it was just like, congratulations. I mean, thank you. Um, so all, all of that ties in that like, then the pandemic hit, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the year of the pandemic. And I just wanted to serve people plant-based, mm-hmm. organic, no gluten and dairy, no junk in it, food 
that allowed people to make their own journey Mm -hmm. and make their own conclusions about the food. I was always very scared of saying like, like, I'm not scared to share my story, but to say that like you could get off your medication, like that's a really dangerous claim. So Mm -hmm. I was always extremely wary of that. And so today I'm taking this integrative nutrition course, health coaching course, and I am so humbled in so many ways. First of all, I'm humbled because not everybody gets that result from being Mm plant-based. And that is eye-opening to me. Like we're all bio-individual. And like for the longest time I had concluded that plant-based was good for everybody because we're primates and like primates are mostly uh, vegan and you know, but I'm realizing like that's just not like maybe at some points in our life being plant-based works and maybe like most of our diet needs to be vegan, right? But like people are just everybody's fighting their own fight and everybody has like you can feed somebody the most nutritious food in the planet and if it doesn't bring them joy while they're eating it, their body will reject it. I love that you said bring the joy while eating it. Food is joy. Isn't it all about just having a beautiful life, enjoy the moment, and having that joyful experience? Yes. I feel like today that a lot of diet or meal will all become like a, a routine, a regiment, or a very masculine thing to do. Like, I wake up this morning at 5 o'clock, and I eat this and this and this, and become such a, a to-do list. Abundant yes. versus that's actually a very essence of how we live, how we exist, how we being. And I love that you share that piece. It's all about finding your joy, finding your own campus, and using that, that your own self to guide whatever the next chapter for you in that food journey. One of the things they're teaching us in this, in this health coaching course is we are actually our own doctor. Mm. Like we like self diagnosis is something that we can actually all do Mm -hmm. we just need someone to guide us Mm -hmm. um through you know to to getting to that you know Mm -hmm. conclusion Mm -hmm. what's why are you like if you ask somebody what's holding you back most people don't have to think about that and they will they will tell you immediately what's holding them back why are you stuck what's the thing that you really want to do that you're not doing everybody can answer those questions from their gut for the Mm -hmm. most part Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those are the things causing chronic illnesses, not going after that thing, not listening to their their Mm. compass. And so I'm learning all of this and I'm like, ah, oh my God, you know, like I don't need to be scared to talk about this benefits of food. I don't need to be scared to talk about the links between eating this food and, uh, you know, for to to cure certain illnesses. Like I don't need to be scared of that. There's there is science behind that. And. I also need to trust that everybody everybody knows themselves best. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that's how I'm being humbled right now. That's beautiful. And um, it's it's a really exciting time for Prep to Your Door. We're about to rebrand. Yeah. We're um, considering adding regenerative meat to the menu because of this epiphany that we're kind of having together collectively because yeah. of the coach because of this course that I'm doing. Yeah. And just for our audiences who might not familiar with our our company really well, tell us a little bit about Prep to Your Door, how do we get it, all that fun things. Yes. So Prep to Your Door as it stands today is organic, plant-based, 
uh, meals delivered right to your door in Austin and Houston. Mm -hmm. We are gluten and dairy free. But the most special thing about our business, I think, is that we do not use any plastic whatsoever in your meal delivery. Um, We use glass containers. Nothing goes in your trash including like the paper materials that we include. You send that back. We compost it all. I love that so much. We pick up the jars. We pick it all up. Like I think that consumers are tired of like it's kind of exhaustive to be like, is this recycling? Is this trash? Well, let me just put it in the recycling just because I want it. I I want it to be reused. I want it to be recycled, right? I don't want it to go in the landfill. But businesses are not giving consumers that choice right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and so we want to be that choice we are we want to be the option for mm-hmm. you to make like responsible decisions mm-hmm. when it comes to like sustainability but also our bodies because that's something i learned back in 2004 2005 at whole foods is yeah. like not only is the plastic bad for our landfills all of those microplastics are getting in our body. Mm-hmm. And there's research today showing that we all eat about a credit card's worth of plastic a week. A week? A week. Ouch. And they're finding <laughs> it in like placentas yeah. and, and yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, I'm so glad that we are not a part of that mm-hmm. problem right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same way that Whole Foods used to kind of give me I used to love shopping at Whole Foods because I knew with certainty that mm-hmm. everything in this store was vetted. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Amazon has the same uh, vetting that Whole Foods originally did, but it used to be that way. And that's what I want for our shoppers, our mm. our customers. I want them to know, okay, everything I'm ordering right here is microplastic free. Mm-hmm. It's pesticide free. It's gluten and dairy free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then should we add meat to the menu, it's like regenerative and ethical. Well, that's arguable, right? Like is killing an animal ethical? Only you can decide. But if you're going to eat meat, how about mm-hmm. this? If you're going to eat meat, it is the most regenerative, responsible and ethically sourced mm-hmm. meat possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just that like, just like that, like feeling of trust is what I think we provide, um, and right now, you just go online and you sign up. Austin and Houston, DFW and San Antonio coming very, very soon. So we'll be feeding all four cities in Texas and hopefully beyond Texas in the next couple of years. Wow. So beautiful, Heather. What a long journey home. <laughs> I love that through your own journey, finding your own campus and your own joy, you find that solution. And today you bring that beautiful gift, share that with all the people around Texas. And I think that's just so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Of course. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. Mm. You talk about the day one, you're in the grad school, you met the man, the partner and a business leader, business partner together. How does that business journey, like, you know, from that moment, was it easy? Was it hard? Sounds like accidentally you discover, oh, we can sell this could be an amazing thing. People won't want to buy it. How is that process? Is it hard? Is it easy? What is something that surprised you the most in the entrepreneur journey with your partner? Yeah. So I think um, I definitely would never say that this is easy. Mm. But to be fair, I think anything that is worth existing and worth doing is hard. I love that. So, yeah, that's what I'll say. What is the hardest thing? Um. 
it's different. It's been different at different points in our business. So at first, the hardest thing for me to start the business was like, I could only see what we didn't have to start the business. So I have a solution for that. I read, we read, my partner and I together, we read this book called The Lean Startup. Mm -hmm. You read this? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of gave me this confidence that the, the premise of the book is you don't need to have this full, complete business plan, et cetera. You just need the minim, minimal viable product to start and just listen to the market and listen to the responses and, and iterate based on that. And so when I heard this, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't need to have all the software. I don't need to have all the branding. I don't need to have – I just need to have a couple things that people love and then build off of that. Mm -hmm. So that gave me the confidence to start. So that was kind of like getting over that hump. That um, The second part was – and it, it's kind of always been was just like having not, – not really having the capital to do such a capitally intensive business. But we got creative. Like we <laughs> – we um, rented an apartment next to ours and, as our office, and we would sleep there on an air mattress in Airbnb, our apartment, to cover our personal bills. Um, we, like, just just being really scrappy, I think. And you kind of – it's entrepreneurship. What's so beautiful about – what was so beautiful to me was that there's no such thing as rules. In entrepreneurship. Mm. And that's really great for someone like me who was like constantly in trouble for breaking the rules. Mm. So like to anybody out there who has kind of a rebellious spirit, <laughs> I think entrepreneurship might be a really great thing for you. Um, I love that you said that. Now I think about it. Yeah, I hated rules. I hated people putting a box. Okay, this is how you behave. This is exactly what you should do. I hated that. When things supposed to be, I just feel really annoyed. Even to the detriment of, even in my house, if I'm going to decorate, things too matching, like too organized, I get annoyed. It cannot be too square, too perfect, too what it's supposed to be. I love to make your own rules. And I love what you said that because I think a lot of people in the world find her or himself don't fit in whatever scenario, whatever box the world put them in. And you just give them a permission to see, hey, if you cannot find a box, create your own box. Create your, your own, own box. Make your own salad. Yes. <laughs> or make your own salad. <laughs> yes, make your own salad. Yeah. There's also people out there who like find a lot of comfort and systems and routine. Which is beautiful. Which is I'm always so jealous of. I'm like, Such I, a gift. Yeah. I'm like, because I always thought if I could just learn to be that way, I always thought there's something wrong with me. Oh, my God. It's almost like if you were born to be a fish and you wonder, wow, the monkey is so cool. She can climb a tree and you just always want to be a monkey. But doesn't matter how hard you try, you are at the end of the day, you are the fish. Yes. You might climb one inch or two, but we can never be monkey yes. in that scenario. Yes. And I completely hear you. I think... In that journey of us finding our own campus, finding our own joy, we just want to be, we're just looking at other, we wish we can be just that. What if I can just be that? I can just be happy. I can just be grateful. I can just be whoever the world wants us to be and just be with that. Yes. You know, there's one book, a research shows that, you know, there's a, a nurse, she's looking at, she's spending a lot of time with dying patient. Mm. And with people in the last journey of her life, she heard, she started hearing a lot of journey, life stories. 
regret particularly. So she wrote a book about five regrets people have. So the number one regret doesn't matter man or woman, despite what culture is. Guess what is number one regret that she share? Just take a wild guess. A wild guess. I mean, being scared to try something. Close.、Um, number one regret is I wish I could live a life that truth to myself, rather than what others want me to be. Oh my god. And that's exactly your journey. Oh my god, yes. But see, it's not that I'm a gifted person. It's not that I like figured out the secret to life. I, like I said, there was a wall. I couldn't take another step. I completely understand what you meant. You know, when people ask me how would I be the only one person left my family, my village, a remote town in China, come all the way in America, I often tell people I don't think I'm brave or even smart in any particular. I just knew that there's no other way. Either I live or I die. Mentally, spiritually, all that, and therefore it's not even a、um, many gifted learning English or whatever that is. There's a wall, exactly like you said. Here, here. Now I need to ask you about your story. <laughs> Have you told your audience about your story? A、uh, sort of, a little bit here and there. But that's why I'm just so resonant. You know, in Chinese, I'm from China. There's a proverb that take a hero to recognize another. Mm. So I want to say I I know it's our first time meet each other and really share our story in such a depth. But I hear you, and I felt like I met you a long time. Oh, I love that. Okay, I'm so curious about、oh. your village in China. I want to know all about it. It is beautiful. All the women there, a mother, a wife, a sacred role. That entire family, the all village, all the women are all embraced. And being a girl, you're always meant to just sit quiet. Smile often and don't make waves. You、mm. always aspire to be the homemaker. Like even the fun fact, my mom would never sit in the table dinner with us because she does not have a seat. Her only job is make sure all the food is ready to go. My dad have everything he needs. The table is clean. Everything is fair. And then we all eat, and then she will finish the leftovers. She never speak in the table. It just no one need to hear. Women don't have a voice. Women don't have a role. And that's how I was grew up. So that's a very extreme version, but I would say that growing up in a small town in Texas, I very much wished, like I would see women like that、mm. who just gave their life to their children.、Mm. I mean, every PTA meeting, practice, rooting on the side, dinner、mm. made, breakfast made, helping them with their homework. They're、yep. just the support role to keep the family like. Yep. Husband happy, kids happy, and I always wished that I could be that. I oh, like I like I, I know exactly. What you meant. I I had I had so much envy. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that. Like I'm so clear, I do not want to be that. Well, I wanna... not that there's anything wrong with it. It's、yeah. just not me. And I I love what you said. I think really important differentiate. Right, it's nothing wrong with that. If that、no. is what you find joy. When you、yeah. find your campus,、and、yeah, I think I think that the essence of this conversation is truly about finding whatever lights your heart, whatever bring that joy, bring that bright light in your eyes, that twinkle that we can all we all love. Whether for you it's a salad, a healthy living, or you know have a beautiful family that you all love and care about, that's amazingly beautiful. Definitely, I truly think being a mother is oh my god the hardest job ever in the whole world. Seeing my mom hustle. For decades and never live for entire life, and today she's 
55 and actually interestingly, she started living her American dream today by first time find a job of her own and not live for her family at all. And I just so so proud of her. But she found joy in that. She loved to give, and she, I truly could not do what she does and just just. Seeing her and also generational women sacrifice the entire life to make our family, um, so people like me have a chance at the shot of my American dream. So what I want to just emphasize, you know, we we love all, we support all the ambition, all the path, but all importantly is finding the path for you. Yeah, and and for I would say for people who are considering entrepreneurship at like. And maybe you have to go against the grain, like you did, and like I did. Just know that you might feel like you're disappointing people around you. Oh, yes. And all of their expectations, and yes. and and that you know, in the terms of like the journey of entrepreneurship, like it's a small what's the word? Small cost or setback for the for the the greater. The yeah. greater purpose of your life. Honestly. And they'll come around. Yeah. Everybody will come around. Yeah. It might be scary to make the move, to make the waves, to do things out of the ordinary, but don't feel like it's the end of that relationship or, mm. or whatever. It it will evolve over time. And um, I love that you said that because oftentimes that might be one of the very essence sometimes hold people back because we so want to be loved. We so want to be celebrated. We so want to be seen and heard. And only speaking for myself, I feel like being a female, being a woman, we have even a greater need to be recognized, to be supported, to be cherished. And yes. oftentimes that quote-unquote disapproval, whether it's from family or people around us, could be uh, quite challenging to overcome. Yes. And I love that you said that. And the other thing is, like, I realized that... Um, we can't, I can't do what I do without people like your mom, like my sister. My sister's <laughs> like your mom. She's like the best mom. So like all the things I just described, that's yeah. my sister. And I can't do what I do without people. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like the only way I get permission to be myself mm -hmm. is for people like them mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. be permission to do what they love. Like we, we all need that space. I love that. So, um, you know, well, you asked me about entrepreneurship. You asked about. Yeah, um, so tell us about, you, you mentioned about when you go, uh, you know, against the grind when maybe in the moment that things are really hard, right? Well, how would you move forward? And specifically for you, Heather, what keep you going forward? I mean, starting your business is not an easy journey. Like you mentioned earlier, what keep driving you? Yeah. So what I say to anybody who's thinking about starting a business, before you do anything, get clear on your why. Mm, love that. What is your why? And so like for me, my why is so clear because it's my own journey, mm. right? Like my why is like, well, it's like not even, like I don't even have to think about it. I'm like, I know this needs to exist because I know that my business needs to exist in this world because I know the power of, of food. And I know our food system, like in twenty in twenty fifty. So what is that? Twenty five more years, thirty more years. Our soils will no longer be able to produce food because of the way that our food system is currently set up. That is 
right around the corner. Like I am very, very clear that what I'm doing is changing the future. I'm very clear on what I'm doing is changing humans and health. And, you know, I'm very clear that no matter what, I have to continue. No matter if I continue and we end up having to close our business for some reason, I am going to go until that point, until we're at the edge of the cliff, because that is my why. So for people who are unsure, like if you can write down your why and you know your why, when things get really hard and you don't know what to do, you just re- you just remind yourself of your why. Mm-hmm. So that's what I say before you start your business. And then that also helps you while you're, mm-hmm. while you're um, getting your business going. Um, the other thing that worked really well for me was I have a partner who has literally the opposite skill set of me. Yeah. Which can cause a lot of trouble making decisions. It can cause a lot of heartache and headache and all of those things. But if you can figure out how to work together and stay, you know, appreciate each other for the differences, like that's actually going to make your business Mm -hmm. so much better. Mm -hmm. My husband can do things that I cannot do and I can do things that he cannot do. Yeah. So definitely find your tribe and you might find your tribe outside of your business. You might find a community um, that has different perspectives than you. And that might that might serve. I mean, not everybody's trying to build this big operational business. Mm-hmm. You know, some people want to be a health coach. Well, mm-hmm. that is totally different than like producing a product and, ma- you know, manufacturing and mm-hmm. hiring and all of the things. That's like, that's like just pretty much you can be a one man or one woman show for mm-hmm. the longest time. So, mm-hmm. um you know, you may not need the same type of counsel that, that I need in my business. Um, entrepreneurship. What's that? What is, how do I get through the hard times? Well, you, said you, it, you said it. That yeah, was it? That was yeah. beautiful. Okay. And I think in the knowing your why is so strong and beautiful. I can just tell that's almost like air that you live and breathe in. You don't even think about it. And that becomes a second nature. That becomes who you are. And also who, what you are, what you are preparing, and how you're serving your clients, which is really powerful. Heather, if we have this magic wand and we can change anything we want in the past, would you change anything? In the past? In your path, yes. Oh wow, nobody's ever asked me that. I don't think I would change anything. I I've said this before when I was talking about um, incarceration, like. I really believe that incarceration led me to this this point. Like it had to be the perfect storm. Like I had to be basically broken for this for me to hear the message of going vegetarian. Like no way would I've ever gone vegetarian if I hadn't a bit just been in like the most broken place. Like somebody help me please. Mm. So like there's two things that came out of that. First of all, I found food and second of all, I'm like beyond passionate about reforming the justice system because of what happened to me. Um, You know, I was a nonviolent first-time offender. I was a child, and I went to prison for a year and come to find out that, like, MDMA is being used in mental health care right now. And I really believe that my MDMA use was the way that I was able to calm my nervous system because now we have links to... If we can calm our nervous system, everything else matters, even food allergies. A lot of our food allergies are just our nervous system regulate, not regulating properly. Mm-hmm. So I really believe that um, 
our our whole justice system needs an overhaul. Mm. So I'm super passionate about food and the justice system. And if I had to go to prison for a year to be able to discover that purpose and path, well, I guess that's just, that's a blessing, right? That's a beautiful gift then. So no, I wouldn't change anything. Wow. Um, yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. What would you wish your younger version of yourself? No. That's easy. I would tell my younger version to um, care for care for myself like a child. Like, I think we're all children inside. And I think anytime we're upset or out of balance in life, it's because we're not nurturing that inner child. Like, we probably just need to go read a simple sweet story to ourselves. We probably need to take a hot bath. Yeah. We probably need to go and play and sing and be joyful. Yeah. And if we can do that for children, why can't we do that for ourselves? Because there's a lot of mm-hmm. unhealed child trauma in all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what's shaped us for better or worse. Like trauma mm-hmm. isn't always a bad thing in a way. Like trauma is also just how you turned out, like why you turned out the way you turned out. And that's fine. But let's, not forget that mm-hmm. and continue to nurture and nourish ourselves. I love that so, so much. <laughs> Finding joys in any ways. And I think at the end of the day, we are all born to play. Whatever the play that means for you, taking a bath, reading a story, taking a walk. Or for me, I do improv on the side, which is oh. I have so much fun. And for me, it's, it's all about just, you know, back to the place where nothing matters. But just this moment, we all exist. We are beings. Yeah, yes, and. Isn't that the rule yes. of improv? Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and yes. I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> we just did it in my mouth, by yes. the way, which is a, a game that we played. But thank you. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Um, are you proud of yourself today, Heather? And I'm very so, proud. What are you most proud of? I'm, I'm just most proud of learning to listen to myself. Like, even today, like, like, literally today getting ready I'm like I'm feeling upset why am I upset what it's a frustrating and I'm like oh yeah my my back is sunburned I forgot my back is sunburned because I went to California this weekend didn't put sunscreen on and so I'm like that's so cool that I learned to tune into myself and just Mm -hmm. listen just like you would a child well what's wrong what's Mm -hmm. wrong what's Mm -hmm. wrong just ask ourselves that it's so cool that our body and our mind will talk to us I think that is so fascinating so I'm really proud of myself for just continuing to go deeper into my relationship with myself. So beautiful. Yeah. My last question is for our fellow entrepreneurs, and especially female entrepreneurs who are out there hustling and seeing the vision and maybe in grinding, what would you say to her? What do you wish that she know? Uh, you are enough. Oh. You are enough. You are all loved. And with that, truly, oh my God, what an honor. Thank you so much, Heather. And seeing your long journey home, home finding yourself, finding your campus, finding your joy, have such a courage, owning up all the amazing past and knowing that all that beautiful journey, there's no mistake. All the ask is blessing, lead us to exactly what we need to be right here, right now. And seeing how you rise up as a leader, as an innovator, as amazing, amazing entrepreneurs, leading many, many others while shining your light, while creating impact in Texas and beyond was such a blessing, truly. Thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> I am so honored. Thank you, Wen. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. I cannot wait to see you all next week. Bye, guys. Thank、you